0: Welcome to another episode here at the Midnight Founders Podcast. We're so excited to be with you today.
1: This is AJ Rounds from Rev Road and Jake McCarg from CB Vault. Here at the Midnight Founders Podcast, we focus on telling behind the scenes stories for what makes a successful entrepreneur. We're excited for another week. Here we go. We're excited to be here
0: for the Midnight Founders Podcast. Another episode today where it's feeling really yummy, because uh, I'm in fact, churros are on my mind, because we've got Scott <laughs> Porter in studio for San Diablo Churros. Welcome, Scott. Thanks. Thanks. It's great to be here. Yeah, this is so cool. Um, we've been wanting to get you on the show for a bit, so thanks for taking the time. And you're flying to Mexico tomorrow, in
2: fact. Tomorrow, yeah. I have lots to do in the next 18 hours, Okay, <laughs> including here, which I'm so excited to to be with Scott's going to be up guys. at midnight tonight. I'll be well, that's, <laughs> midnight. midnight will get early. For oh me. man. If I can get to bed by midnight, that is a win in general. Every night it's like midnight. If I can make it, then that's great. I never go. To, I, I, I have, I have some friends that go to sleep at like, in the nines, <laughs> and I'm like, you go to sleep in the di- single digits. How is that even possible? How? I don't understand. Yeah, there's just How not a- too much. Done? I keep asking yeah. people. I keep asking people, including God, for more hours in every day, <laughs> and and
1: like, no, doesn't happen. You just create your own. Like most people don't oh, see man. one at two a.m., but you just see it every day. Well, you're on the right podcast because this is the Midnight Founders there podcast. Go, yeah. and
0: there's a lot of folks that stay up way past midnight here. Yep. Cranking away, building That's their business the is just like what you're doing. Yeah. So, well, Scott, tell us, uh, you're with San Diablo Churros and have been for uh, a couple of years now. Yeah. Tell us what you're doing over there at San Diablo Churros.
2: Yeah. So San Diablo Churros, we are like <laughs> lazy. We, we're all about filling lives with happiness. Um, we just happen to do it with churros, you know? And so um, we uh, things have been developing and growing for us and really... Amazing ways, especially this this past year, and and even after the pandemic, and I can talk a little bit about like what happened and the different, you know, the, the pivot and innovative way that we had to approach things after after uh, the pandemic. But um, we're laser focused on becoming the the global churro authority. That's that's <laughs> our goal. We want to be the 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 go to brand. No one is that brand. You know, I mean, Disneyland and Costco are the brands that everyone thinks about with churros, but neither one of them are doing anything to to promote um, you having your best churro life. They just want to grab you in that instant. You know. So what do you call um, it? The churro
0: champion, or the churro czar, or the churro what?
2: I'm I I, I don't know exactly. We'll like let 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 that be determined as time goes on. Um, But we have, uh, we started seven years ago at Cornbellies right right around this fall time in, in Utah. And uh, we were like, how do we start a catering business? And we needed to be in a place for the repetitive, you know, uh instances for people to come across us and Cornbelly's just made the most sense. It's a, the harvest festival here. And so we um so we did that launch, been doing events for, you know, about four and a half years, um, catering weddings, parties, corporate events, food truck fairs, festivals, all of those things. And then COVID hit and annihilated all of the events. And so at least for several months, um, they were totally gone. And like everyone, we had to rethink our business and see what we could do. We couldn't take churros to the people in events. And so we're like, but people still have churro needs. And so we've got to, we've got to answer that call. And, um, and so we created the at-home churro making kit that we call the churro fiesta in a box. And so that that then helped us. We added a completely new division to San Diablo Churros, where previously we were just a fresh company that made fresh churros for you wherever wherever you were, and now we're we have a CPG. Uh, you know, we have a consumer product, um, and we sell on e-commerce. Completely different business. Yes, there's crossover, but um, now we're we're like gosh, we're we scaled nationally. Um, uh, we're empowering people to create memories at home with churros and something that's like an experience and not just more stuff. And so that was, it's, it's opened our perspective into what we can do to, to really take churros to the masses and be the one that people think of when they think you think of churros, you know? Because we'll provide you all the resources and everything you need to make churros at home. Plus, if you want us to make them for you, we'll be there. And then the next one that's on the horizon, and I'm going to Mexico to explore this in a couple of days, are is a frozen churro division of San Diablo. So we want to be in every grocer's freezer with a take-and-bake churro kit. Mm. So churros that are already made, already fried. All you do is pop them in the air fryer and then, you know... Less than a couple minutes, you have fresh filled churros, and then you fill them yeah. at home, right? With yeah, the... you get. Well, we're, we're yeah, we're in development, so it either could be that they're already filled, and you just pop them in, and they're ready to go, or you or they come unfilled, and you get a chance to to make the magic happen.
1: Well, they both sound amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Either one's a win, I think. Churros mas. That's what I want. I know. That's right. That's what we like to hear. Okay. So there's no way that you just like one day you woke up and you're like, hey, I need to start a catering company and Cornbellies is where it is and we're making churros. Like that's not the first, that wasn't how it started, right? (laughs) You like had made a churro before you'd had a churro or like, how did you land on churros? Well, I mean, so
2: I'm obsessed with Mexican food. I'm obsessed with Mexico. I'm obsessed with Culture, the people, Spanish language—like I lived in Mexico as a missionary for a couple of years, and then tacos—you forgot uh, tacos. Well, yeah, I mean that we'll we'll get there. It's (laughs) inevitable. It's inevitable. And so, um, I uh, I lived, and then went back to Mexico City to live as an intern for a summer. While I was there, I had like two important things like transformational uh, things for my life happened there that I didn't fully know. But because of what happened way back when I was an undergrad, that influenced absolutely everything that I'm doing right now. And so... When I was living there, there's like this magical part of Mexico city called Coyoacán, where Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera used to live. And it's this kind of bohemian, amazing, like the best street food in all of the city is there. And so it's really high concentration. They have like street performers and everything else. It's this awesome, awesome place. And it's also the churro capital of the world, it feels like. I mean, there's churro stands just For one now. right after the other. Adver- well, what's that? For now. It, you're going to create the churro capital of the world. <laughs> I eventually. like where your <laughs> mind's at. Yes. That is, that's where we're headed. Absolutely. Um, and who knows, maybe we'll be in coyoacan uh, there someday too. So hopefully soon. Um, but they have fresh filled churros. And I ate these and I was like, wait a second. Why do we have such mediocre churros in the United States? Like they always sm- smell and sound better than they actually are. I found here mostly. And so, um, I thought, gosh, I need to do something. And you, you know how this works when you travel, you eat really great food and you're like, why can't we have something this good and back home? And so that was the thought that I had. And I, and then, um, you know, I just thought it'd be irresponsible to not bring something this good to back home. And Save so the world, exactly. Its this device. is really a public service. <laughs> he That's didn't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, this is. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so it was that idea in the back of my head for years, fast forward a bunch of different careers and lives between then and now. And, uh, and about seven years ago, it was time to like resurrect that idea because I was also looking at um, embarking on the other obsession with Mexican food that I have of uh, this whole obsession that I have with tacos. Um, my search, my lifelong search for the perfect taco, and um, and how I actually use the taco to inspire business leaders to embrace uh, a. a better and an elevated human experience with the brands that they create at every touch point of their business, every day, at every level. And so the reason why, how the tacos connected to that uh, uh, is is really kind of unexpected. I mean, it's this masterclass that when you're in the streets of Mexico City, it's very real and you're immersed in it, but it's a highly interactive relationship-based, experience you know they remember your name remember what you order like I remember this uh, and, and this actually happened in LA but um, I lived in LA for a while love the love it there and one of my favorite taco places um, was uh, in East LA uh, called El Pecas. And right where the 50 and the, and the 60 and the 10 freeways meet right next to this car wash, it's like police sirens going, it's like really amazing. And I hadn't been there this particular instance. I hadn't been there for about six months. And so, um, which is a tragedy. I mean, it's so good. I don't know what took me so long. And so, but I walk up to the window and Ernesto greets me and he says, Scott, where have you been for the last six months? Do you want your tacos al pastor, the way you always like them extra crispy meat with extra pineapple? And I'm like, well, I mean, I like pick my job off the floor. I'm like, well, yes, of course that's how I want them. But (laughs) wow, how, how did that just happen? Um, there's so much to unpack in that little micro experience. Just a couple of seconds, but so many things happened there that helped me feel like a million bucks, like the mo, like a VIP, the most important person in that taco, uh, in that car wash parking lot, eating tacos at the truck in the middle of the ghetto. In the <laughs> middle, yes. And it's like this—he remembered my name, remembered what I ordered, like offered it up to me. And then not only that, this guy wasn't the owner. So that also tells me so much about the culture that's created and who he hires and how that's important. And so what I have learned from that is that this, and and I found myself throughout the course of my career using the most simple experiences like this as this amazing masterclass and teaching moment of this is how you humanize a brand. Um, the importance of doing those small things that help whoever you're doing business with feel like you care, right? Feel like you matter, that you're important and different. And, and this happens with like, these tacos were like a buck 25. I mean, there were more now, but it's at the time they were buck 25, you know? So it does you don't need the Ritz Carlton experience to have you to create something that's elevated and amazing, and so I've embraced this whole taco learning um, system of like, well, first of all, let's go get the amazing, the most amazing food in the world, and can we actually learn something that could be transformative for our business and our lives while we're doing it? Let's go, and so, so at about seven years ago, I want I embarked on. The mission to start both of those businesses. So, um, San Diablo churros we've been talking about, and then the other is um, called vitamin T for tacos and transformation, which is (laughs) something we all need more of. I love that. And so, um, so, so part of one of the major things I do with vitamin T is take executives on, uh, on these taco tour mastermind experiences to Mexico city And we immerse ourselves, get out of our bubble and our, you know, our mindset here, wherever we are, and um, drop ourselves in something a little bit unknown, maybe a little uncomfortable sometimes, um, and new, and you see things differently. You see them with different eyes when you're outside of your context, you know? and I think you're open to a lot of breakthroughs. And so it's been remarkable to do it. And that's where we're heading there for Day of the Dead. It'll be, this will be our first time doing the Day of the Dead taco tour and it is going to be incredible. It's going to be really special. Yeah, we're we're going to a little village for a day and a half, Teotitlan outside of Mexico City. Then we're going to back into the city that whole James Bond Day of the Dead parade. Do you remember from the beginning of Spectre? Yeah. that Which ironically, which is so fun, that actually did not exist before the movie, but it they've continued it because everyone was like, this was cool. Let's keep doing this. So they had obviously other like centuries old traditions for Day of the Dead, but nothing that like massive in Mexico City, but Made they do now. Elaborate. And so we're going. That's going to be on part of the tour, so that's cool. Yeah, it's going to be incredible. So, yeah, my whole life revolves around tacos and churros, <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'm not mad about it. <laughs> I,
0: I, I mean, you can feel your passion just for, just sitting here. You know, I love it. And and as a good friend, you know, I I really respect you know you as I've come to get to know you, Scott, as kind of the premier authority on that customer experience, that brand experience, right? So it sounds like that's a lot of what you attribute your your um you know knowledge base too is kind of this moment that really just changed everything for
2: you yeah well and 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 like a, a an accumulation of these these micro moments you mm-hmm. know of of where it's you feel the you know in mexico that the the idea of mi casa es tu casa or is is a, is a very real thing like like that happens in it's just part of the ethos and part of the mindset and perspective, that's just how they live life, you know? And so there's something, that in me changed. I'm forever changed by being immersed in that throughout my life and, and something that I aspire to, you know, it, in the, and, and I just love the idea of, uh, of holding up the, that the warmth and the kindness and the humanity of the Mexican culture, holding that up as this amazing standard that we can all aspire to. You know, there's everything from, uh, you know, we were we were at the <laughs> perfect. It happens with perfect strangers all the time. That one experience comes to mind where I was with some friends, and and it was during COVID. And and there's a there's a, a uh, sitting on a bench. There were three people. An older lady that maybe was seventy years old had an embroidered mask on, like a kind of fancy, super colorful embroidered um, mask. Everyone else, we all had our masks on, and my friend Kristen is really outgoing, but doesn't speak a lick of Spanish. Uh, that's not totally true. She's she's because she, if she's watching this, she's like,
1: wait a second, hanging out with you. She's I, probably got a little <laughs> bit now, a
2: little. Well, bit. and she she did um, Duolingo, so okay. Um, <laughs> okay, so she she's working at it, um, but she's not afraid of anything. And so she went up. She like noticed how beautiful this mask was, and she's like, I love your mask. It's so beautiful. And the woman, no, like didn't miss a beat, took it off. She's like, do you want it? Wow. And Kristen's like, no, 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 no. I mean, because we're just like, she's like, I'm not do, I'm not saying that so that you give it to me. I mean, and she's like, no, 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 you're so beautiful. You, you remind me of my daughter. And all of a sudden, like within 30 seconds, Kristen and this lady are sitting next to each other, hugging. Kristen's crying. They're both crying. I mean, they're just like, this is the magic of... Of of the human connection that we can have, that we really can unlock with not just in our life. I mean, Kristen felt so special. She had this really meaningful connection with this uh, this woman that was, uh, you know, minutes seconds before was a stranger, and um, and so those types of experiences. The amazing thing about them is that they're not they're, just, they're not outliers. That is the way it is. And so there, so I love that, that possibility that we have as business owners and the responsibility that we have an opportunity we have to, to really help our businesses stand out from a sea of mediocrity, Mm -hmm. right? A sea of just absolutely mediocre experiences. It's Seth Godin in Purple Cow talks about like when you get off of a flight, everyone, how was your flight? You're like, Oh, it's fine. I'm alive. I'm, I made it. I didn't die. You know, like great. And, and unless something is over the top amazing or absolutely horrific and like you're never going to fly with that airline again, you don't really talk about it. And most of our customer and brand experiences live in that world of mediocrity. And so, The good news about that for all of our, all of us as business owners is that we get to like, by doing simple things to connect with people in meaningful ways, we can elevate our brand to, and transform and become part of, of our people's lives. And, and it's not, we've, our economy is no longer a consumer-based economy where it's like. I give you money and you give me something and we call it. We expect more from the people that we give our time, attention, money to. We want, and and as a business, you want to create a lifetime relationship with people so that they continue to come back to you and love what you're doing and how you do it. So, So, Scott, I love this
0: concept. And I mean, this is going to resonate with so many entrepreneurs out there, right? I'm sure they come to you all the time and say, so how do you do it? And I know that's not a simple answer, but is there a, a way to, you know, make that a, a fantastic experience, not only once, but consistently <clears throat> as well? Yeah, I that's, mean, the, that's the trick, right?
2: I mean, that is the, the goal and that is the, the, the secret sauce. The magic is to actually, the, the most important thing in, in making that happen is consistency, I think. Um, what I've seen is that, first of all, you just have to have people first. You have to believe that this is actually true and meaning believe that by putting people first and by, and people, I'm not just talking about customer, I'm talking about your team too. So this is like, what are, how are you creating a more humanized experience with everyone that your business touches? Um, I uh, I just started teaching this last semester at BYU one night a week and um, last night um, I thank you it's been so amazing I love I mean I love the students we had some amazing guest speakers last night Nate Randall came he's the CEO of Gab Wireless and and he talks about this um, uh, it was brilliant experiences that he shared, one of them that stands out in this idea or in this um, space is, um, he was raised by a single mom. And so he feels very connected to supporting and championing single parents. Um, and so what they've done is they've done these days of giving where they give, they've given thousands of phones to kids of single parents. And he shared some of the testimonials that people are have been get have, have sent back about how it's like changed their lives and and they feel and there was an instance where they didn't know where the kid was and because of the gab phone like anyway all these beautiful things and their the single parents are so grateful for this resource to take care of their kids and, and in a very healthy way and and it was really moving and and. I think one of the, the he also shared, he's like, I continually get flack from our investors. Like, what are you giving away so many phones for? Right. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what all of our finance people sure say. That that's what the CFO says. Yes. <laughs> right. And that's what all the finance people say. And the investors like, why are you, why are you spent why are you spending more money? And, and where he's like, look, this is, you know what happens when I when the when a parent gets a phone and it changes their life with their family and their kids and their kids are safe now. And they these parents talk to other parents. He said, I mean, we've like, he I can't remember exactly a number, but the the level of growth that they've experienced at Gab Wireless. And he attributes a good amount of that, I can't remember the exact numbers, but a huge amount of that to this idea that they are caring for people they're seeing the humanity in in this one particular group and then that that group i mean the best thing that you want to do as a business owner is is have people evangelize for you you're not paying for that it's more authentic when that too. comes in when when your name comes up in a podcast or over over dinner a dinner conversation and when we talk about chick-fil-a or trader joe's or whatever because we love them it's like that that's gold that's what you want to do i have this like i have this like three-tiered experience that happened at trader joe's that like punctuates this amazingly well this idea of caring about like bringing your mission and vision and values to life at every level of your organization to answer your question it's actually quite simple <clears throat> you first have to define what your vision and your mission and your values are. I like to call that brand DNA. You just have to determine what you're all about. Once you have that, then the next goal is to create an experience that brings that to life every day, every touch point, every level of your organization. And it has to start with the leader. It has to start with the CEO. If the CEO is not on board and and they just like outsource all of that, to someone else. Now that doesn't mean you have to do everything as a CEO, but you have to live and breathe it. I remember when I was running a nursing home, we, we told people like one of the biggest complaints in a nursing home is that call lights get unanswered, right? Like come nurse, come help me. Um, and so we made it a, a thing like everyone takes care of our residents. Even though I'm not a certified certified clinician, licensed clinician, I can't do an IV. I can't like change someone's briefs or anything like that, That, um, but I can answer that call light and go and get someone that, to come in and, and take care of our residents. So we told everyone, the, my business partner, Elizabeth and I, uh, we told everyone, look, if you see us pass a call light and we don't answer it, we have to give you 20 bucks out of our pocket immediately like on the spot. And so you better believe everyone's watching us all the time, right? Like they want to see if we actually walk the walk or walk the talk. If we actually do what we say that we're asking everyone else to do. And so it starts at the top. The CEO has to lead out. So simple, you have to know who you are and then you bring that to life. And it's possible to do. Um,
1: do, to, Yeah. Do you think that because I feel like since since COVID, the experience you have at restaurants specifically has just steadily declined. Mm. Like I feel like it's been going down. Like the customer experience has been going down, but it escalated really quickly after COVID. Like it feels like they don't care. You that mean you're
2: there. deescalated really? Yeah, quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just it took just a, got like d- <clears> just took whatever. A nose died. <laughs> yeah, it did. It just like
1: it was slowly going down, and then it's just off a cliff. Yeah. But do you think it's because? Like, which, which one is it? Is it they don't know what their brand DNA is? Or is it that they're not executing on that brand DNA?
2: I mean, I think every place will be different. But I think it's it's a combination of both. I also think that there's, the, the thing is, no matter what what business you're in, whether you're in a restaurant business or a software business or whatever, if your people don't know where they're going, they're just going to go anywhere they want. Like I always like to think of it like, look, culture will be established within your company. Do you want to be in charge of that? Are you want to drive that and architect that, or do you just want to let it happen? Because guess what, if you let it happen, then it's just gonna go wherever it wants to go. It takes a life of its own. But if you want to, as the leader, want to like take control of that and take the reins and and guide it. You know, it, there's nothing forceful about it. It's like, look, this is what we're all about. If you want to help us fill lives with happiness with churros, like, great, come on board. If not, please go and work for someone else. Like, we don't want you here. And so I think to answer part of that within the food business is like, I think there's a general lack of, of understanding about what, you know, you do go to some food you go, I've had many food experiences that are super positive, even during COVID with masks and like scanning a QR code and all the, you know, protocols and bleach on your table in front of, I mean, it's just like, it it, it was a big adaptation for a lot of people. And so some people have just lost the passion and the passion for figuring out why they're doing what they're doing. And so with without without that compass, without that understanding of why you're doing it, and you're just putting in a 16-year-old to like do it cuz they need a job and and you you couldn't find anyone else to hire, like obviously, like are they going to create a great experience? No, absolutely not. They don't care. And 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 that's that's just the way that it is. And if you and if you allow that to happen, then you're complicit in that too, right? As the business owner, it, it's like you're you 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 can, and that's what I love is that all of this represents a huge, huge opportunity for all of us. Is that things are have we can differentiate ourselves? We can have this be a, a competitive advantage if we create an eating experience that's pleasurable and kind and people give you a really great recommendation and, and you're like, oh my gosh, that was good. Or you connect with them on something else outside of the food that you're eating, you know, with your server or someone else, then it's, it's magic when you have those moments because you realize that we're all humans dealing with other humans. And even though AI is gonna be a part of our lives and technology and, and we can use technology, we are still ultimately humans interacting with other humans. And if we the sooner that we understand that, the better off we'll be. So I think it's kind of a combination of, first of all, not knowing where, where, why you're doing what you're doing and then no that just doesn't trickle down at all. Whether that's training or leading by example, or are having certain expectations but there are systems and structures in place that you can put that are simple that reinforce that so things like you know i mean at chick-fil-a what do they say when you say thank you
0: my pleasure right which they got
2: from the ritz carlton and so that is an expectation right that everyone says that um and so there's lots of little things that that make that can make your experience stand out. That aren't that aren't expensive. That, but that do make a difference for people.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, I love that. Uh, and I honestly think, Scott. I mean, not only does it make you feel good as a business owner and and makes your customer base feel good, but I think there are some. And you've alluded to this. There are some definite positive. Um, profitable benefits to it as well right because it's one of the last differentiators out there right i mean you can't differentiate on price very easily at least you shouldn't that's the last thing you want to differentiate on um and you know sometimes your technology is better than others sometimes not i mean it's really hard there's a lot of things that it's hard to, to compete on mm-hmm. but that is wide open because not a lot of people do it
2: right and that's like the the moat that can protect your business you right go, from moat. from uh it'd be, like, there, we're going to have churro competition as time goes on. <laughs> like, that's going to happen. But sign what, me up. But, <laughs> I want to be part but, of that. But what, uh, meaning we will have competitors come on and, and try and try and take us Uh, on. Okay. I thought you were doing some sort of
0: like food churro
2: judging competition. Oh, "Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, yes. I like where your mind's at. Yes, let's do it. (laughs) That would be
0: amazing.
2: Sorry, back on track. (laughs) No, I love it. Yeah, we will have competitors come in, but what they'll never be able to do is replicate the San Diablo experience, like what we have created and our style of doing it. And so that's – and the kindness and the humanity – I remember, um, one of our, and, and even it, this, it needs to be in place even when bad things happen. Right. So we, or, or unexpected or undesirable and news happens. For example, I, for some reason I'm re I'm recalling, uh, we got an email that someone that was looking at us for catering her wedding. She wrote back just a one-liner. She's like, I'm no longer getting married. Thank you. You know, Susie or whatever. And, um, and Camille wrote back and she said, hey, thanks so much for letting us know. Um, I'm sorry to hear about your engagement breaking off. I had that happen too. And I'm, and it, it, it's not all roses, but things will get better. And we wish you the best. Next time you see San Diablo come and, um, and get a free six pack of churros and just tell them that Camille sent you. And so she wrote back super simple. She's like, I I will be a San Diablo fan for life. Thank you so much. And um, like the thing that I, one of the things that I love so much about that is that Camille felt empowered to create that human connection with her. And, and I've never sat down with Camille and said, okay, listen, if anyone ever breaks off their engagement, <laughs> this is how you, this is how we want Here you to steps. respond. <laughs> yeah. You know, the principle is, we're dealing with people that, and they're asking us to be a part of the, mo- the most exciting and celebratory times of their lives. Like we're honored when people say like, we want you at our wedding. What, that's your wedding? Yeah, of course we'd love to be there. Um, but that's a reason to celebrate, ring that cowbell, you know, and and just be happy for people. And so when that didn't turn out, I I'm so moved by that. I'm moved by Camille's humanity and not being afraid to do that instead of saying, thanks, see you later, Camille. And then she's like, click it off or tick it off my to-do list and I don't have to worry about it anymore. Instead, she was empathetic, she was kind and we can be kind, you know, we can do that. And kindness wins and, and humanity wins in business and we're and that's more and more that's the case i mean when we we there's all sorts of studies too i can throw out statistics at you but like 100 or customers that have a positive experience will spend 140% more wow 140% more wow. like every that's entrepreneur that's listening plug your own revenue numbers in that and multiply it by um 140% that's huge. That's huge. So, are there returns on this? Absolutely. Does it happen overnight? Not necessarily. It took uh, when I was turning around this nursing home. It took us about a year, you know. Um, but when it does, you're you're unstoppable, and that becomes your calling card. That's like your hallmark. Your your the fact that you know that everyone at Chick Fil A says it's my pleasure. Right? Like that is something that is distinguishing about them Trader Joe's has this thing too about flowers do you know this so so, so they were um, I'm
0: trying to remember I think I've heard this but go, go
2: so for it. Uh, so well before this experience because I shared this first experience I was at Trader Joe's do you guys like Trader Joe's for sure I mean yeah like everyone yeah. and whenever whenever I'm speaking or talking and I ask people if they like Trader Joe's I'm like how many grocery stores are between your house and Trader Joe's?
0: That's the problem. kind of far away.
2: Well, it's the problem, but you still go. That's true. And so they, I, it's like, why are you making that half an hour trip to a grocery store when you have one, two minutes away from your house? Well, because the products, because the service, because you feel like it's it's like homey, you know, like you just, you love it. People are kind. So I'm like looking at these these coconut crispies on the shelf, and this guy stocking the shelf says, "Hey, what?" Um, or he's like, "Have you tried those?" And I said, "No." <laughs> he says, "Open it up, open them up, and give it a try." I said, "Okay, <laughs> okay." So I like open up the bag, and I try these coconut chocolate crispy things, and they were delicious. And um, I, so I grabbed two bags, and I went to go check out. As I'm check, as I'm walking over to the the cashier, the manager crosses my path and I I overhear him talking to Alec and he says, Hey Alec, um, one of our customers just has a flat tire in the parking lot. Do you mind going and giving your hand to, to change your tire? He's like, oh, absolutely. So he like puts his stuff down and like basically like skips out like so happy to go help her change her tire. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, how do I get more Alex on my team, right? Everyone wants someone like him. So I I check out and then I'm that guy. So I follow follow him out. I want to see what this is all about. So I found it. No stocking at all, right? No. Oh, uh, no, no. Cl- yeah, clearly this is that this Research. is what I do. Research yeah, only. yeah, this is R&D. <laughs> and so I um I see Alec there and I um big old smile on his face changing this tire. And I say this, I said, "Alec, what is happening? Why are you doing this? What is this all about?" And he's like brushes it off. He's like, "Oh, this is just what we do at Trader Joe's." no big deal. None at all. Like didn't he, he's like this is what we do. And if I'm like in Monrovia, California where Trader Joe's headquarters are and I'm like hearing this as the owner of the business, I'm like doing cartwheels down the hallway. I'm so happy because what we establish, so this kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier. What we establish in the corporate office or in our minds and in our hearts when we start a business is actually coming to pass. In Salt Lake City, Utah, the number, store number 430. I mean, I don't know how many stores they have, but amazing. So I tell this story and Emily comes up to me after uh, after this and she said, you're never going to believe what happened to me at Trader Joe's. I said, okay, try me. She said, I was there with my husband. We were, we're checking out and um, they asked me like they do, how was your day? And what do we normally respond? Fine. 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 Good. Whatever. whatever, You know, she's like, but I decided that I was actually going to tell them what happened. So she said, well, we just bought a car today. So the cashier reaches around behind them, grabs a fresh bouquet of flowers and says, congratulations, and gives them a bouquet of flowers on the spot. Hmm. Instantly. Right. Like that was like you think about that. I mean, I like I want to just dissect every moment of that uh, that goes into that. First of all, that person felt empowered to do that, that at some point way back when the CFO had to sign off on giving that power to the line workers to like, look, we're all about surprising and delighting people and caring about what's happening in their lives. And so if something good or bad happens and they need to like celebrate or have a pick me up, like give them some flowers. That's money, right? You talk about the gifts, the phones that, that Nate Randall's giving away to single parents. That's money. That's why you have the investors saying, banging on his door, calling him like, what are you doing? But what that does. So let me tell you what happens. So then, Emily is is a as an influencer, and so she um, she posted a picture of her flowers in her Trader Joe bag, and posted it. And you know, um, the the thing that I mean, Trader Joe's. You think about what you like, what you would as a business owner. You want that sort of thing to happen. You want people to proactively share and evangelize for what you're doing. You want raving fans. Cause it's that authenticity people crave, yeah, right? right? And you can't mimic that. And here's the other thing that's ironic about this. They spent, I don't know how much, $35,000 on a new car that day. What was the picture that she posted to her followers? The flowers. The flowers <laughs> that she was given at Trader Joe's, not the car. And so I love that. I love that example forever. Forever. So months later, I'm scrolling through Facebook. I see this picture of Trader Joe's background store, flowers, and a little baby. I'm like, what the heck is going on? I read the caption. And my friend Heidi, she said, you know what? I'm so impressed by the, the kindness that was shown to me by Trader Joe's employee today. Um, I, they asked me how I was doing and what plans I had for the weekend. And I told them that I was going to my father's funeral this weekend. And, and, and then I checked out and as I was going out to my car, um, another team member came running out to me with some flowers and said that these are from, from the cashier that said that you had some bad news. So we hope this brightens your day. (laughs) That's, that is the story that gets shared. Those are the stories that make a difference in people's lives. And those, that's the reason why you go past 12 grocery stores between your house and Trader Joe's because of things like that. Now that's never happened to me, but I know that it could, (laughs) you know, it could because they care about you and you and me and our families. (laughs) That's the brand that they've built. And so when you talk about how do you make that happen, that is not by accident. There's a lot of decisions. There's a lot of like recruiting, right? There's a lot of continued culture training. There's a lot of like living, uh, you know, walking the, walking the talk and um, at every level and then championing and celebrating your team that brings those moments, those brand moments that are gold, the power of moments. You know, that book's amazing. It talks about the, the power that those moments have to galvanize people's loyalty and, and trust in business.
1: And so that's the opportunity that we have as leaders to be able to do things like that. So the key, I heard all those stories, the key is to hire the right CFO. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to
1: approve it all. <laughs> yeah. You have to have a CFO that's behind this like vision right? of like, hey, we, but, it's okay to give away. You know power. what? We, we laugh, but you're,
2: you're hiring the right people is absolutely mission critical.
1: Yeah, for like, sure.
2: You, like the CFO that doesn't buy into that probably won't be around long enough Yeah, because that is the vision of that company. If they want to work for a company that doesn't care, I mean, the thing is everyone, all of the other fast food restaurants know that Chick-fil-A makes more than they do and they have one day less a week to do it. But are they changing? I mean, Chick-fil-A's secrets are out there. (laughs) There's nothing like new or like earth shattering, but it's because ultimately the leaders of those other businesses do not believe enough in the power of human connection to change. Yeah. Otherwise, you would see, like, we wouldn't be talking about Chick Fil A because all the fast food restaurants would be in this elevated state of my pleasure. <laughs> yeah, they're just not, it's,
0: or or nothing. Yeah. And
2: so, so it's like, like to your point, it's like, yeah, you have to hire the right CEO. Absolutely. You have to hire the right line worker. You have to right, hire the right janitor. You have to hire right, all the right people. And and like Jim Collins talks about, get get the right people on the bus and then you can take that bus anywhere.
0: Well, and, and I love too that you said that you find those stories and you celebrate them and you retell them. Totally. And then and then your entire employee base and, and everyone in the company wants to they want to do that too. They yeah. wanna to feel that same feeling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And
1: that's very important. So so does alec work for san diablo now (laughs) let's go find him
0: let's track him down i don't
2: even know at some point i want to meet him again like i just i've shared his story with so many people i don't know where he is i'm sure
1: he's being very successful at whatever he's doing because that's a brand ambassador for somebody right Right. yeah yeah Yeah. that's amazing
0: scott we um you know we're getting close to time here and this has been so fun but i I love all the, um, you know, the, the advice and, and the, the, the theory behind, you know, really building that brand and that customer experience, right? What What is, um, you know, and you're an entrepreneur extraordinaire, a serial entrepreneur, and you've had, you know, San Diego churros and, and then what you're doing with tacos and then many other stops along the way prior to that, right? So what, um, you know, what we find is really interesting with our audience is those moments that are just gut-wrenching hard and how you come out of those. Is there one of those in your career that you like, could you share? You mean like that- every day or like how many <laughs> every hour? Yeah. What do you want me to share? Yeah. <laughs> Just something that was really hard for you as an entrepreneur that you, you overcame and, and how you did that.
2: I like legit feel like it. And I, I mean, I say that jokingly, but not really. I mean, entrepreneurship is an absolute emotional roller coaster and it's a it's a it is wild it is a wild ride because in 1 second you're like riding high you know this great thing happened and then you get the phone call or a text from something and everything just comes crashing down and like this happens within seconds microseconds sometimes and and um and that's that is the that's the ride that that these crazy people called entrepreneurs, like decide that they're, they're like cool with that. <laughs> and we're like a crazy bunch, right? We're, we're like, yeah, sign me up. That sounds great. I I'm, I'm like down for that, that wild, like those fluctuations and, and, and uh, so specifically, I mean, there's, there's so many, I remember, um, I remember when, so uh, so our our great mutual friend Reed mm-hmm. and I de- like shout out to Reed Farnsworth right here, one right of my now. greatest yeah. uh, greatest friends. Um, we've done a lot together. Um, started a nonprofit together. Traveled the world and humanitarian service, and and um, and then also started an airline together. So uh, the the first all you can fly membership airline. And I remember when. When uh, things um, ended for the founders, uh, for us to be involved in Surfair anymore, um, I remember feeling absolutely devastated. Devastated. Like, it was blood, sweat, and tears, and we were so all in. And it was electric. I mean, we were doing something that had never been done before, and none of us had prior airline experience, and and where we were riding high. And through some some things that happened with the business we're no longer involved and and when that happened and we felt like the rug was pulled out from under us um, it was devastating and um, and when you feel betrayal, I think betrayal is kind of part of one of the, I think it's maybe the worst emotion ever I think betrayal is when when trust has been broken, and when you have given so much, um, it reminded me of anyway. So that happened, and um, and I remember being so f- feeling all of the the fluctuations of emotion from like anger and like I was, went to the gym and I was like boxing gloves and just like punching that bag uh, like crazy, hard runs on the beach like just mad. And I remember. Um, mad disappointed so frustrated what now (laughs) and I remember a a couple of days into that I'm like okay I'm gonna let myself feel this for for about two weeks I'm just gonna lean into all the anger (laughs) and like all the disappointment all the sadness all the frustration I'm gonna let it happen and then I'm done I'm just gonna like I don't I don't have time for that toxicity in my life I don't have time for, for, um, for regrets and, and like, you know, being mad at anyone or anything. It's like, that is life. Like that, that's what happens. You know, there's good things and there's bad things. And, and, and so, um, it is, well, I was talking to someone the other day and they're like, it's just, it is what, um, it is. (laughs) you know, like there's nothing you can do to change it. And so, so like you either can at that, at some point you can either decide to, to accept the, uh, accept it from a positive perspective and how can I learn and grow from this and what next? And there must be something wonderful around the corner, you know, and, and really believing that. So I think that there's, um, that was actually there's, it, it, the reason why, the reason why i had this like i'm only going to let myself feel this for a little bit and then i'm not anymore and i'm over it was because a similar thing happened when i was running the nursing home business and i remember this moment actually so i was running this nursing home and our like our leader the leaders of the the parent organization I had given this the nursing home that I was running at the time was like uh, I had been asked to turn it around and it was a complete like regulatory absolute disaster. I mean, two 250 deficiencies in their annual ex- inspection and eight of them were of the severity of like almost instantly being shut down. And so, um, Herculean effort on the, the company's part, on my team's part, Elizabeth, our director, I mean, absolutely, like, abuse allegations, uh, left and right, DOJ was in there every day, like, uh, ombudsmen were there, bodsmen were there, like, families' concerns nonstop, getting the, uh, nurses were yelling at each other and screaming with the CNAs at the nursing station, just like this toxic environment. So we, were, we came in and did it, and turned it around, and I remember we finally did it, and it was like, I was working 18-hour days for like every day for about 6 6 months. Completely given my life to this to the to the to help this business thrive and turn it around. And I remember this one time. I had planned like 10 months previous to t- even taking on this opportunity that my sister and I with some fr- sister and I were going to go visit some friends in Ecuador. We had master planned this out. I'm getting ready to get on the plane in six hours. Like I'm literally packing my bags to go to, uh, or like uh, putting my bags in the car to go to the airport in LAX to fly out to Ecuador. And I get the call from our parent company and they said, you can't go to Ecuador. And I was like, what? Um, You can't, like you can't, you can't go. I mean, I can go into all the details, but I remember, I like, I started, I, I started bawling. I, I hung up the phone and I just lost it. It was, it was six months of like pent up, like energy, um, hard work, sacrifice of my life. And like, and this was the only thing that I was looking forward to. And now I can't go what anyway they made it right and they paid for a trip in three months down the road which is great but at that moment I was like fall on the ground bawling right at this moment my uh, my uh, administrator in training Ryan (laughs) and his girlfriend at the time now wife um, they were rollerblading late at night by the nursing home I have no idea why they were rollerblading they came by and um, they saw the light was still on. It was like 1130 at night. They knock on the door. And I'm like, I mean, my fa- I'm like bawling. My <laughs> face is red. My eyes are puffy. They're like, what happened? I told them. And they knew because they'd been a part of everything that we had experienced. And they were part of that sacrifice too. And, and I, we, we look back on that moment and laugh. But that started, um, uh, I had a lot of toxicity in me um after that happened and and it was not healthy and so using that experience as a past lens from which i was i i I was like when this happened again at surf air similar situation um i was like you know what yeah i mean it's not cool you knew how to handle it and i'm and this is devastating but i'm gonna let it be devastating for a moment and I don't have time for that. I don't have time for the toxicity. I don't. I. I want to fill my life with abundance. Um, I want positivity. I want light and hope and love. And I don't have time for that stuff. That's gonna drag me down. Drag me down. So. It's a really long answer to your question. No, I, I love, love it. Yeah. I love. I think it, I <laughs> we're think both enthralled. We're like, oh, amazing.
1: <laughs> I think it leads perfectly into your brand and how you're approaching it. And and like AJ said, you're you're a great example to entrepreneurs of of making sure that that comes through with the customer experience. So congratulations That's on the goal. building some cool companies. I've experienced San Diablo. It sounds like I need to be on one of these vitamin T tours soon. Yeah, so let's we'll go. make that go. Let's go get some tacos. Uh, yeah. Um, what's next for you, and and how do the how does the audience reach out to you if they want to get in touch with you? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Well, I the um, please connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm Scott Craig Porter on LinkedIn. There's a taco in front of my name, so you'll you'll it'll stand out. <laughs> um, and uh, would love to connect um, with any of your any of your listeners. Um, it's been so awesome to be here. What's next? Um, like global churro domination, I think is on the <laughs> on go. the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Answer. Um, well, we we're expanding to Southern California. We've already done that a couple months ago. Our services down there. Next year, we're looking to add the frozen churro division to San Diablo and then um, expand in Mexico, also with brick and mortar operations and and doing catering and events there. Um, and we just want to get – I just want to get more and more people on these, like, immersive transformational taco tours to Mexico City because it's – it really is – it's a special bond that we have when we go and and some really transformational insights and breakthrough moments. So just uh, – the, the horizon is, like, just continue hopefully being a, a force for good in the world and impacting – um, lives for the better.
0: It's awesome, Scott. Thanks for being on the Midnight Founders podcast. It's been it a pleasure. awesome to
2: be here. Yeah,
1: thanks so much for asking me.
0: Cool. Okay, we'll catch you later. See ya.
1: See ya. The Midnight Founders podcast is a podcast about entrepreneurship that is hosted by CB Vault and Rev Road. CB Vault is the entrepreneur arm of Central Bank, and Rev Road is a venture services firm where companies come to grow. Thanks for listening to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is AJ and
0: Jake signing out.